0: Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 17, Exodus 17. It's the second book of the Bible. Jasmine, who did a brilliant job of leading us in communion, already referenced this book. And so Exodus chapter 17, if you don't have a Bible, we're going to have it on the screen. And we'd also love to give you one at our info area. You can go get one for free there. Uh, and like, like she said, we're in week number four of our series, Silent Killers where we're really exposing and trying to shine a bright light on these different things that are killing so many of us, so many of us, so many people we love. And so, so far we've talked about things like depression and deception. And last week we we talked about shame. And really this series is all about freedom. It's all about finding freedom. And so today, if you're taking notes, which I hope that you are, because I think they check them in heaven. I, I, I mean, I just think, I just, I, I just think so, like, where's your notes from church, okay? Um, and so if you're taking notes, um, I, we're gonna be talking today about the silent killer of isolation, of isolation. Maybe, maybe for some of you, maybe you wanna write kind of beside it, maybe in parentheses, loneliness, okay? Uh, but, but isolation, that's what we're gonna talk about. And here's kind of a definition that I came up with this week of what isolation is. That it's the condition of being separated from other people. It's just just the condition of being separated from other people. Now that could be physically, that could be like emotionally or relationally or spiritually. And then loneliness is actually the emotional response or a byproduct of consistent isolation. And there's some crazy kind of isolation, loneliness stats that are out there that people have been able to find in different surveys. And I found some of this. I think we're gonna put these on the screen that in the last 50 years, rates of loneliness have doubled in the United States. That two out of every five Americans, so 40%. And listen, here's what I believe. I believe it's, it, it could even be 40% of people in here. Nearly half of us you know, have, say that they have no meaningful relationships. Another study I found said that up to 50% of people in our country consistently feel left, left alone or left out or isolated. And that loneliness, get this, has been declared a national epidemic. And there's a lot of like crazy effects on our mind and on our body that happens through isolation and loneliness. There's things like chronic loneliness, like significantly increases our risk of health problems, such as cardiovascular disease, like it suppresses our immune system. So we get sick a lot more and even can lead to like premature death. And listen, lonely people are less likely to achieve quality sleep and also decreases reasoning, creativity and productivity. And it's commonly connected with a lot of mental health issues, such as anxiety, depression, and even suicide. And it's linked to poor coping mechanisms. So we cope and we medicate and we binge on things like, like there's a lot of things like smoking and addiction and self-harm and get this compulsive technology use because we're so isolated that we go to online to find connection. But listen to what this quote from Psychology Today says. It says, individuals who are lacking connection in their lives may turn to the digital realm, maybe social media or online or chat rooms to quench their isolation. In a survey exploring social media patterns, it was found that individuals who logged in for half an hour, so for 30 minutes per day, felt less lonely compared to individuals who logged in for more than two hours per day. That's why that you can have thousands of followers but feel like you have no real friends. That's why we're the literally the most connected generation. We're, we're connected more than ever before but yet at the same time that we're more isolated than ever before. That's why you can be in crowds of people just like this, just like on Sunday, and feel completely alone. And I I really debated on this part, but I really feel led by the Spirit of God to do this right now. That if, and this is gonna take a moment of taking off the mask, being real, a little bit of courage. But I do wanna see, because statistically, it doesn't lie. But how many of you, and I just wanna ask you to be courageous and raise your hands, say that either right now, this like e- even right now, this current reality, or maybe in some point of your life, you've really battled with isolation and loneliness. Just keep it up and look around. is amazing? That you're not alone. Thank you, by the way, for your courage. Let me encourage you that if you raise your hand, God never, never designed for you and I to live an isolated, lonely life. You do not have to live isolated and alone for one more day. In fact, here's one of my favorite promises from the Bible, from God in Psalm 68 in verse six, it says, God places the lonely in families. And you can experience that here. I believe that we've created a space in a church where lonely people can find family. A place where, where like, I, I dream of being a church that's just so passionate about connecting in the most welcoming place in all of Cincinnati. Because I believe that's the heartbeat of God where he says, I'll put the lonely in families. That's a promise today. Come on, that's good. Is it, Can anybody say amen to that? So, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> appreciate you, okay? So how? So how do we defeat the silent killer of Isolation. And so one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible is in Exodus chapter 17, and I think it beautifully describes how to be able to tackle this subject that even admittedly is is really silently killing so many of us. And in Exodus chapter 17, we're going to start in verse 8. It says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Now let me pause and give you context real quick, okay? Because at the time of this story, the Israelites, the people of God, were in what's known as the wilderness. And they had just spent 430 years as slaves in Egypt. So, so all these people, that's all they know is just slavery. That's it. And so, but God finally delivered from that. And they were going in route to what God said is this promised land. And it was this time in between. And they'd been traveling, but not just with like just a small group of people, but it was men, it was women, it was children, it was every generation. And some scholars believe it was up to 1 million people. And they were often on this journey. If you read through the book of Exodus, it's kind of this story. They were tired, exhausted. There's a lot of times they didn't have food or water. And that's when they get attacked by another army called the Amalekites, And it's not like the big battle scenes that you see in the movies of like old school battles, you know, like the Braveheart type movies where the leader comes and he gives an impassioned speech. And there's these two armies that are sitting across from this big field and they paint themselves up, you know, and they're like kind of hyped up and had a bunch of Red Bull and coffee, you know, and they're like so excited and they're like, freedom! And then they run and they go, that's not what this is. In fact, the Bible describes what the Amalekites did in Deuteronomy chapter 25, talking about What happened in Exodus 17? It says this, it says, never forget what these guys did to you as you came from Egypt. Talking about Exodus 17, listen, it says, they attacked you when you were exhausted and weary and they struck down those who were straggling behind they struck down those that were isolated. They struck down those that were all by themselves. Maybe it was the maybe it was the, the people that couldn't keep up with the group. Maybe it was the the women and the children. Maybe it was the baby. Like, I mean, the, these guys it, these guys attacked suddenly and from behind and they attacked the weakest people who were bringing up the rear. So that's a little bit of the context. So let's jump back in, okay, in verse verse nine. And I wanna make sure that we notice the people, okay? I want you to make sure you pay close attention to the people that it says, okay? It says, Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand on top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded, and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and her—okay, like I like that name, her. If we have another kid, put that on the list, okay? Her Cromer, okay? Her—I like that name. Climbed to the top of a nearby hill. They were—they didn't want to fight. Okay, they went to this nearby hill, and as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand. As long as his hands were raised, the Israelites had the advantage. In other words, they were winning. They were winning that battle. But whenever he dropped his hand, whenever he couldn't hold him up any longer, the Amalekites gained the advantage, meaning they started to lose. And Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on, Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua, and I love this word. Remember this word. We're going to come back to it at the very end of this message. Joshua overwhelmed, meaning overwhelming victory, overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Okay, so there's two principles that I want to take directly from this story in Exodus chapter 17. And here's the first one. Write this down. When you live life alone, you lose. So when you live life alone, by yourself, isolated, when you try to do it all by yourself, you lose. And when I read this story, I noticed that Moses tried doing it all by himself first. First. He went up on top of that hill and he tried to raise his hands. And as long as his hands were raised, which he could do for a while, they were winning. But then he started to drop and they started to lose. But he by himself was not strong enough. He couldn't win alone. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. And you, I don't like pointing when I preach. I'm sorry. I want to be nice. Okay, life-giving. You, you are not strong enough to win by yourself. You are not strong enough to win at this thing called life alone. Get this, get this, every eye, every eye right here because I love you enough to tell you this. By yourself, you lose. And the devil knows this because he's not dumb. In fact, two weeks ago, if you wanna go back and we have a podcast, you can go back. We talked about um, deception and we kind of, I tried to really expose the enemy for how he does. And we talked about that he has this job description. And here's what he does is that in John 10, 10, he still kills and destroys everything from your life. That's what he's trying to do. And he's really good at it. And he does it, he literally does it all the time. And then we talked about how he does it, that how does he still kill and destroy? And he does it by lies and deception. He tries to constantly lie at you and deceive you and try to trick you into all these different things. But the Bible also talks about when, He does it when he steals and kills and destroys. In 1 Peter chapter five and verse eight, it says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. And that, that, that actually gives us insight into when he actually attacks, looking for someone to devour. And so if you actually study how lions attack, maybe go and I think that there's some Netflix shows that kind of show some of that. And if you go kind of old school cable, and if you wanna go to Animal Planet, and if you ever see how lions attack, like if you ever watch, what they end up doing is they wait until one gets isolated from the group, and then they attack. And they'll, they'll never go and attack the pack, okay? Like, I don't know. I just feel like rhyming right there, you know? But they'll, they'll never go and, and, and attack the big group. They'll wait till one gets isolated from the group. And get this, the enemy picks off isolated sheep first. So, but when I think about this verse and I read through that verse, this is always how I picture this verse. It's actually this, this is how I picture this. Is that this, you know, if you've ever seen it, you see lions that are kind of hiding in like maybe tall grass and they're just kind of waiting and, you know, they're just, they're kind of hiding and just waiting for, you know, just kind of just waiting for somebody to come along. And and then whenever they, you know, whenever it comes down to it and, all of a sudden they just kind of peek out and they're seeing who's there and they wait till it's isolated and then they come out, ha, ah, you know, just kind of go full lion mode and just go and attack somebody whenever they get isolated. But, but that's not what this says. It's not what it says. In fact, go back to the verse. Go back to the verse. It says, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. It doesn't say that he's, li- that he's lying quietly, waiting, being very deceptive. It says that he prowls around like a roaring lion meaning he's already telling you how he's going to do it. That he's done it since page two in my Bible. That if Here's the thing, if I can just get him alone, I know I can destroy him. If I can just get him alone, and that's all he's got. That's, a, that's, a, that's his only thing that he's got. He just knows, and he's telling his game plan all the way from the beginning of the Bible, if I can just get them alone, I can destroy him. So when you live life alone, you lose. But number two, when you refuse to live life alone, you win. When you refuse to live life alone, you win. In Exodus chapter 17, Moses wasn't strong enough to do it by himself. I picture his hands going up and down. Okay, I'm gonna win, then I'm gonna lose. Okay, I'm gonna win, I'm gonna lose. But the strength of three overcomes the weakness of one. And Moses finally experienced this lasting victory, this overwhelming victory only with the help of other people. When he could no longer hold his hands up, the Bible says that his two friends, Aaron and Hur, that he held them up, helping him do what he could never do by himself, which was when? It wasn't a miracle of God. It wasn't that God showed up and showed out. God did his part. It was when his friends held his hands up. And God has hardwired each and every one of us for relationships, to never be isolated. I think that's why whenever we do, it destroys us, even physically. We're made by God to connect with each other. In fact, loneliness and isolation is the very first thing that God said is not good. In Genesis chapter two, in verse 18, where he says, it's not good for the man to be alone. And all the men said, amen. Come on. So here's the thing, just by show of hands, how many of you like to win? Where are my competitive people at? Where are my competitive? Some of you are like, so competitive, I didn't get my hand up first and I don't like that. <laughs> I'm very competitive, okay? I, I, I would put the fact that I would be right up there with everybody in this room, okay? Uh, in fact, I hate to lose more than I like to win, okay? That type of competitiveness, okay? Like, I, I just, I, I'm just competitive. I have been my whole life. I wanna, if I'm gonna do something, I wanna win, you know? And even Candyland with my four-year-old son right now. My son is obsessed with Candyland right now. I'm talking about we're, we're rolling out Candyland about four times a day. And I get so mad when he beats me, you know? It's, like, it's just luck. It's just luck. And so, you know, like, I'm just super competitive. And I don't know about you. But I want to win. And, and I want to win especially at what matters most. Like, I want to win in life. I want to win in my marriage. I want to win as a, as a husband. I want to win as a father. I want to win in my family. I want to win with my relationship with God. I want to win in my friendships. I want to win in my finances. I want to win in this thing called life. And so my question is, who is holding up your hands? Who's fighting for you? Who's helping you win? Who's helping you do what God has called you to do? Who is refusing to let your hands fall when everything in life and everything inside of you is screaming to stop and to quit? Who won't let you quit? And statistically, a whole bunch of us are living lonely, isolated lives that are scientifically killing us. In James 5, 16, it says, just confess and you're like, listen, it can say sins, but really it's anything. Like confess just your life. Confess what's going on in your marriage. Confess the things that nobody knows. If you're the only one that knows your secrets, I promise you you're in trouble. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. In other words, we go to Jesus for salvation, but we go to people for healing. That's why we believe with all our heart, that life change happens in the context of relationships. We believe it with all our hearts. And so let me show you practically what this looks like in everyday life. Let me show you practically of what I believe is a picture. And I know it is because it's been my life so many times. And so a lot of times things like this happen. You know what, I'm gonna have a new year's resolution. I'm gonna make a choice and it's February right now, people. Some of you are like, I already am off of that, you know, because here's why. Because a lot of times we say, you know what, I'm going to work out, I'm going to eat right, I'm going to change this, I'm going to change that, and I'm going to try harder. And some of you can do this for about two weeks. And then you start to get tired, the alarm keeps going off, then you want to snooze. And it just, your hands begin to drop and you start to lose. And some of you, that right there keeps you from ever doing it again. But some of you have some grit and you'd be like, you know what? I know I lost, I'm back. And maybe this time you'll last three weeks. But then eventually your arms will start to fall. Or maybe in other things, it's like this year, you know what? I'm going all in with God. God. You know, we've had a lot of people give their, make the decision to follow Jesus and give their whole life to Jesus since we started as a church. And maybe that's you that's here. And you're like, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm going to live for God. The first time in my life, I'm going all in. First time in my life, I'm not going to play any games. And I'm not just going to make it be just one hour religious thing on my checking off to-do list. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for God. And then maybe your arms start to fall. And then maybe guilt and shame and condemnation and all those things start to be thrown at us. And then we drop our hands and then we get inspired or we see something or we have a conversation. We're back and I'm going to put my hands up. And and I want to win at this thing, you know, or maybe some of us, we struggle with a specific sin. And the truth is, I'm just going to go there, okay? There's a lot of people that are owned by pornography and it's silent and it's in the shadows and it's private and it's destroying us, and there's part of you, oh, it got quiet, oh, there's part of you that's like, I'm I'm so tired of that, and I'm going to raise my hands, and I'm going to do better, and we're going to get filters, and I'm going to, but then drop, and then you know what, I'm back, you know, And it's this constant winning and losing and winning and losing and winning and losing. Maybe it's another, maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's, man, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of, of alcoholism or I'm tired of this or that, or I'm tired of that toxic relationship. Why am I keep doing that? And, and I'm going to win and then I'm going to keep trying and then I'm going to lose. And it's a picture of what that looks like. Or maybe it's like my marriage isn't what it needs to be. My finances isn't what it needs to be. So I know that I got myself into that mess. So I'm going to get myself out of that mess. That is so crazy if you think about it. Like you're smart enough to get yourself all jacked up, but you are also smart yourself to get yourself out of it. I don't know, you know? And it's like, but I'm going to try harder and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to figure things out. And I'm going, and then your hands drop. You know, maybe it's just like some of you, maybe even right now are going through the hardest season of your life. And you're going through things like the loss of a family member or an unexpected diagnosis or maybe some sort of financial crisis. There's something that's going on in your life and it's right now. It's not, it was, it's not that. Like I need God to be faithful now. But I'm going through it alone. And nobody knows. Nobody's checking. Nobody's helping. But you know what? You are pulling yourself up by the bootstraps every day and just trying hard. And maybe you're experiencing this Hands up, I'm winning. Hands down, I'm losing because I get tired and I don't know what to do. But then you two, come here. But just imagine, feels the case, faster. <laughs> faster, 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 okay? Just imagine, you just take whatever scenario it is and instead of you trying to be the only one that's going up and down, up and down, up and down, I'm just trying hard. Just hold my hands. And what if this was you? To where even if I'm trying to, I'm mean, like, I don't got nothing in me. But I have two of my brothers that will not let me stop, that will not let my arms fall. Listen, thank you. Listen, what does your life look like? What's the picture of your life? Listen, you were never intended to carry those things alone, ever. But when we make the decision to invite others into our lives and our situations and our struggles and our dreams, we can do together what we can never do alone. None of us is as strong as all of us. So if you want to win, refuse to live life alone. That's why this is such an historic week for our church. Because this week we are launching small groups for the very first time, our very first semester of small groups. We're fired up. We're fired up. We're excited. So over the next 12 weeks, people will be gathering together all over our city in all different times and over all different type of topics. And right now, if you go to our website, and I think they're gonna put that on the screen, it's queencitypeople.com slash groups. You can actually, there's an online directory of all our groups. There's over 20 plus groups that are available. And just listen, find the group that works for you. I mean, we've got all different types. We have Bible studies. We have book studies. We have one that's literally Saturday Brunch. Come on, somebody. Like, I like that. Like, I yeah, I may be joining that one, you know, just going to eat my way around Cincinnati, you know. There's a er, there's an early morning breakfast for guys and men in our church. You know, there's there's workout groups, there's video games. If you like video games, go find some other people that like video games and go play that. You know, there's 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 even one that's that's about coffee. So if you like coffee and you want to learn how to make some of the best baristas in the city are actually running a coffee small group come on like that's awesome you know there's there's freedom groups which i'm telling you if god's do if god's jacking up your life during this series a freedom group is amazing just uh um there's there's marriage small groups there's a moms are hanging out at chick-fil-a <laughs> and here's what's funny uh students are hanging out at canes like moms are at chick-fil-a the students are at Kanes. um there's financial small groups. You know, there's, there, there's one, this is so cool. I was looking uh, yesterday and I saw that there was one group that is, that is getting together and serving the homeless community in Cincinnati. I love it. There, there's, there's even one uh, small group that is based on the Enneagram and like learning all about you through the Enneagram. So yeah, if you're a number 17, that probably pert your interest. <laughs> Listen, there's all types of groups. There's all types. And, um, but, but listen, I wanna make sure that you catch this, okay? Um, the whole purpose of all those groups and all those topics is just for you to be able to connect with other people. That's it. Um, that, that's really to, and the church the reason why we go to two services, the reason why our mission is what it is, the reason why we wanna see people go through this process of knowing God, finding freedom, discover purpose and make a difference is that the church has to get bigger because people matter, okay? Heaven and hell are realities. And as long as my heart is beating, I'm going to try to rob hell from as many people as possible and populate heaven with as many people as possible. And so, you know, the truth is, we, the church has to get bigger because people matter, but the church also has to get smaller because you matter. And that's why our small groups are such a big deal. Small groups are a big deal. It's, it's because we wanna create a place for you to meet people, to connect with other people, to not be isolated anymore, to find friends and a place for you to be real, take off your mask, let people in, and to be able to talk about what's really going on in your life. And it may not happen until until four, like week four or week five, but there's gonna be a time where you're gonna be able to take your mask off and talk with somebody. And if you do, I promise you, you will experience freedom and healing like never before. So I cannot encourage you enough. They start this week. You don't have to have perfect attendance. You can actually shop around for a couple weeks. And if you don't find the one, jump to another one, it's okay find a time, find, there's early morning, there's nights, there's, I think every single night of the week, there's a group. And they're all in different parts of of the city. Find a group, get in a group, get it. I cannot encourage you enough get in a group. If you want more information, we actually have an area in our lobby that we're gonna have some of our leaders there that you can ask and they can help you find groups and they can talk to you about it. They can help kind of navigate what's your interest, what do you love, all these things. Just get in a group. Listen, if you want to win, if you want to win, refuse to live life alone over the next 12 weeks. You know, four weeks ago, was a national championship game. And I know that that's hard for some people in here because Clemson, they defeated Alabama and they had an undefeated season. They went and won. And, um, you know, it was actually for the first time, I believe in NCAA history where a true freshman quarterback led his team to a, to an undefeated season and the national championship. And it's a guy named Trevor Lawrence. And, um, you know, uh, But it wasn't like the easiest of seasons. It sounds awesome, but like there was actually a quarterback change. He didn't start the year as the quarterback. And it was kind of, I mean, it was a a harder season to get to where he was. And there's a lot of adversity. And what's cool is that as soon as the game ended on the field, he was interviewed. A reporter rushed up to him. They put a mic in his face and they asked him about kind of the season and everything that was going on. And when I heard it, I was like, no way. Check out what he said. When you took over this team, I mean, there was a lot put on your shoulders. How have you managed the pressure and brought your team to this national championship state? Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to having good teammates and coaches to surround yourself with the right kind of people that'll, that'll lift you up and, and help you and uh, definitely just small groups and stuff like that, people to help me out, lift me up and uh, you know keep me level-headed, too. Did you catch that? My small group I was like, no way. I was like, if any time we're gonna use that clip, it's right now, okay? <laughs> That's, it's, never mind. I, I was gonna, something was in here, I won't say it. When you live life alone, you lose. But when you refuse to live life alone, you win. Let me close with this. I'll kind of pivot a little bit because I love that this story, just like everything in the Bible, it actually points to Jesus. Here's why. Just like Moses went up a hill carrying a wooden staff, Jesus went up a hill carrying a wooden cross. And just like Moses had his friends to hold up his hands so that they could win, Jesus had his hands nailed up so you could win. And uh, if you look closely at this story, you'll see that it mentions one other person. We talked a lot about Moses, Aaron, and Hur, who held up the friends who held up Moses' hands. But the Bible also mentions one other friend. His name is Joshua, and he was fighting for Moses on the battlefield. And the name Joshua in the original Hebrew literally means God our salvation. And the Hebrew kind of pronunciation, Yeshua, is the Hebrew name for Jesus. And here's why, get this, I love this. Just like Joshua was fighting for Moses, Jesus is fighting for you. See, Jesus is the better Joshua. He's in the trenches doing the dirty work and going to battle for you. So you may be feeling alone. You may be here and you may be feeling isolated and totally, completely alone. Listen, Jesus is fighting for you. You may be tired and on the brink of exhaustion. Jesus is fighting for you. You may want to give up right here, right now, but Jesus is fighting for you. You may be battling temptation. Jesus is fighting for you. You may be battling addiction and Jesus is fighting for you. You may be battling depression or anxiety or any of these other silent killers that we've been talking about. You need to know today that Jesus is fighting for you. You may be overwhelmed right now with maybe things of the future and things that you got to do and situations, circumstances, finances. Jesus is fighting for you. Your marriage, your family, your kids may be a hot mess right now. Listen, Jesus is fighting for you. You may have been hurt by someone who was supposed to love you. Jesus is fighting for you. You may have a broken heart in the middle of a divorce right now. Jesus is is fighting for you. You may be worried or stressed out about your future. Jesus is fighting for you. You may be face-to-face right now with the hardest thing in your life. Jesus is fighting for you no matter the situation that you're facing. Jesus is fighting for you. And get this, he's not just fighting, he's winning. Put that verse up, put that verse up. Listen, it says no, it says no, despite all these things, despite the things that are going on in my life, despite whatever hard thing that you're facing, despite that addiction, despite the problem, despite the anxiety, despite whatever conflict, despite the financial issues, despite the the whatever that you're going through, despite all these things, not just a little bit of victory, not just not just a not not, not just a, you know I'm, I'm barely winning. No, it says overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and just ask right there, God, what are you speaking to me? What does my response need to be to this message? So for some of you, maybe you just need to get right with God. Maybe you need to start or restart a relationship with God. And so every single week, we want to give people the opportunity to make the best decision of their life, to make the decision to follow Jesus. And maybe sometimes that's for the very first time. I've never made that decision. I've never given my life to Jesus. Or maybe you have, but you went off and you've done your own thing and you've tried to live life all by yourself without God. And today... Not only do you need to connect with other people, but you know today you need to connect with God. And so we're not gonna point you out. We're not make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. I just simply wanna pray with you. And so if that's you and you wanna make that decision to say, you know what? I want to follow Jesus. Will you just slip your hand up in the air right there where you're standing? Yes, got you, got you. It's awesome, got you. It's awesome. Come on, nobody looking around. It's awesome that's great anybody else I want to make that decision today I want to get right with God I want to be able that's great awesome you can put your hands down and just pray something like this in your heart just say Jesus I need you I'm so sorry that I've lived life without you that I've been isolated that I've been lonely will you come live inside of me change me will you make me brand new I surrender my whole life to you everything even those areas that I've tried to do things on my own and I choose to follow you today Jesus name. And for some of you just right there with your eyes still closed and head bowed. For some of you, you're going through something right now. You're going through something hard right now. And you need somebody to hold your hands up. And I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that if right now you're going through, yeah, that's me. You just read my mail for the last 30 minutes. And but like right now you're going through something and you need somebody to come up and hold your hands and not let you quit. If that's you right now, and you know that there's something, I don't want you to hesitate, just throw your hand in the air so I know who I'm praying for, just throw your hand in the air. Yeah, you're going through something, you need some help. You need somebody to hold your hands up. You need somebody, you're going through something. Yeah, it's good, hands up everywhere. You can, you can put your hands down and I'm just gonna pray, God, I, I thank you for every single person that just raise your hand. Here's the cool thing, you know every single situation. You know every single story. Nothing caught you off guard right there. You know the details. You know the situation. And God, I just ask right now that you be with each and every one of them in such a real, tangible, powerful way. Encourage them, guide them, help them. Give them wisdom where they need wisdom. Give them courage where they need courage. And God, I pray that you give them peace that they cannot even explain right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to encourage you, if you raised your hand, or maybe if you didn't, you're going through something really hard right now. Listen, listen, do not miss this. Do not check out. This isn't time to roll out early so that you get to the restaurant before everybody else, okay? Listen, listen, you need to know you are not alone. You are not alone. Don't buy the lie for one second that you're alone. For one, Jesus's very name, Emmanuel, means God is with you. There's nothing you can do where he's not there. Second, if you're a believer, if you've made the decision to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. You cannot get away from him. And and the Bible says that he's a comforter and he can comfort you right where you're at. And listen, I want you to look around. There's the church family that's here that loves you, that believes in you and is there for you. And if we as a church can hold your hands up, it would be the greatest honor of our life during those things. Just know that you're loved today. Know that you're valued. Know that you're appreciated. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.